Hello and welcome to Mike's camera app to Mike's camera action. action. Wow, almost flubbed instantly. Almost. Did. Did. And welcome to episode 49. Good God, next week. We we should do something special, but I don't know what. Just kidding, I know exactly what. I am perfectly p- prepared at all times. And you've <laughs> actually got up until episode 164 lined up. Don't lie to the people. Yeah, exactly. We're like we're like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've got we've actually already recorded 100 episodes and we're just slowly trickling them out. Yeah, exactly. Why do you think 90% of the episodes are for stuff that's come out 10 years ago? He had this all in planning, people. <laughs> this is all pre-prepared. That's why there's no Fantastic Four. Exactly. <laughs> or or X-Men because we're not flying by the seat of our pants. We're doing this in advance. This week I am joined by Jared. Hello. Welcome, Jared. Thanks for having me. No worries, anytime. And this week, we're looking at one of my favorite movies to come out of last year. It's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Absolutely fantastic movie. Yeah, you saw this for the first time this week. Yeah, I did, and I regret not seeing it in theaters. I recall wanting to when it came out, but I was just so busy. But even then, seeing it just like in Blu-ray on my couch... I definitely didn't feel like I lost that much on it. It was yeah. a it was a great great film. I thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, this is one of those films where I went and saw it in the theater when it, like maybe opening week, I'm not sure exactly. And the moment it was over, I said I'm buying this. I'm going to get a copy of this for Blu-ray because I want to watch it so much more times. Yeah, not many movies can do that. No. It's a very clear sign that it's one of your favorites. I know you don't buy that many. Yeah. You wouldn't do that for many movies, but I don't blame you for doing it for this one. It was fantastic. Yeah, I've bought two movies from 2018, and that's Avengers Infinity War and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. No, that's seeing a trend here. <laughs> and you'd probably it's do it. It's not always superheroes. You'd probably but... do it for Endgame, too. Let's be real. True. I would. I Yeah, I might. I might, I might have to do that. So, <laughs> quick tangent. I bought yep. the... um. I bought the 4K H, like Super HD Blu-ray for Avengers, um, for Avengers and, uh, Infinity War. And you realized that it couldn't be played by anything we had in the house. Yeah, because my theory was we have a PlayStation 4, a PlayStation 4 Pro, and a Blue and a Sony Blu-ray player or a Panasonic Blu-ray player. You'd think so one I would, of them exactly. Would work. And and the PS4 Pro is hooked up to a 4K TV, right? So you'd think. That is that a Sony device capable of playing games in 4K would play a Blu-ray disc in 4K, or would at least be able to read it. That's how they get you. They make you buy an extra 4K Blu-ray player separately. Exactly. You have to buy a 4K Blu-ray player. So I so I have to play the regular Blu-ray. Which, by the way, I should post a picture of it. The 4K Blu-ray is awesome. It's got like that shot of Tony Stark like taking off his glass or like um Tony Stark um Doctor Strange and Wong like and uh, Bruce Banner like looking up at the sky as this UFO lands. It's a great shot. And then the fork and then the regular Blu-ray version just is just blue. Disc. It's yep. a blue disc that just says Infinity War on it and it's shit. It, it, it like, shames you for not having a 4K Blu-ray player. It's like, no, you can't play this beautiful disc. you got to play this one. I reckon, if anything, Nerd. it's better because then you can put that disc in and while that's playing, you can look at the other one. That's a terrible, terrible compromise. No, it is. I, <laughs> I regret saying that immediately. All right, we're on too long a tangent. Yep, into the movie. Cool. Yep, into the movie. So into Spider-Man, the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. Thank you very much. So Into the Spider-Verse is... Freaking awesome. I love this so much because 
it's a Spider-Man movie that's got heart. And it also interestingly came out at a good time where the Spider-Man PS4 game had had been out for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And they actually have a little reference to that game in this movie. There was the suit unique to the... Yeah. I, I noticed that immediately being a huge fan of the game. Mm. Uh, I saw that and I knew that the suit was designed for the game. So I was very, very uh, yeah. happy that I noticed the little Easter egg that was chucked in. One of my favorite things about Spider-Man in general is just the the suits, like the designs, the quant- like all the different designs that people come up with. And this movie, I fucking love this movie for including so many different versions. Where it's got sense. the ori- where it's got like the original, the classic, like the Peter Parker, which you, or yeah, the Peter Parker's Spider Man that you see on both Peter Parker, who uh, di- who in this universe dies twenty minutes in, which is a great start to the movie. Yep, and on Peter B. Parker. Yep. Then you've got the Ultimate Spider Man costume that Miles Morales wears. You've got one of my favorite Spider-Man costumes uh, making an appearance, which is Gwen Stacy's It is um, a very costume, awesome suit. Which, that one is one of my favorites. Yeah, which is awesome because it's got like the, gravi- the physics-defying hood, which I think is one of the coolest features on a Spider-Man suit ever. That hood is so ridiculous, and mm. I love it. It's, it's great. It's yeah. just like, how does she move so quickly with that thing staying up? Mm. Also, as, um, so I was showing this to a friend of mine who's a ballerina, and she was really into that suit because it's got point shoes. Oh, I'd never, oh, I never. didn't even think about that. <laughs> Which she thought was great, and 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 noticed it when she um when Gwen kicks Doc Ock in the face with a point oh, shoe. Oh, that would kill. And she's just like, yeah, those are those are really painful. She she was telling me how she kicked herself in the head with one of them once, and I was like, and first off, I was like, how the fuck did you do that? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> if you can kick yourself in the head whilst probably funny, it's actually quite impressive. Exactly. I didn't know whether to be impressed or laugh. <laughs> you can do both. Yeah, one can, one can be impressed one and can, find it hilarious. One can do two things. There's, there's um there's the spider noir suit that comes up. That was from one the, of my favorite characters. Yep. Sp- spider noir is amazing in this movie. Spider noir Cage. Is surprise attack. Surprise attack. <laughs> can you deal with the moral? Can you put aside your your? <laughs> what is it? Your uh? Can you shut off your emotions to deal with the moral ambiguity of your actions? Um, you've got Penny Parker. She was great. With, they were all great. With the spider. You've got Spider-Ham. Yep. Who, you, again, was fantastic. I mean, they were all good. Yeah. They were oh, all they're all fantastic characters. characters. There yeah. wasn't a single character that I was just annoyed with, mm. bored with, anything. And I would have thought Spider-Ham would be the case. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, I was thought think- he was going to be a bit too... Yeah. You know, pushed at you. Mm. You know, like, oh, he's only here for comedy and all this stuff. And he yeah. actually had some really great lines. And the, and he has one of like the bi- and he has one of those big moments where everyone's saying like, Miles has just lost his uncle and having that like Spider Man moment of yep. like everyone loses their uncle, everyone loses somebody. Like yep. Penny loses her dad, um, Peter Parker and Miles and uh, Spider Noir lose their uncles, and then Spider Ham has that one line where he says like. Like it's part it's it's part of what happens, kid. But you'll get through it, and he's and it's just like this really sweet line. Yeah. Um, and, Although and they gave that and he, they gave that to the pig. Yeah, he didn't specify who he lost. I'm genuinely interested. <laughs> to be fair, what he was a spider who got bit by a radioactive pig. Yeah. Not the other way around. So we should specify that he was a spider. So he probably did lose his mum at birth. Technically. <laughs> so, we we should we should talk about this. I. Did you know anything about Spider-Ham before th- watching this movie? No, absolutely not. Why okay. would I? 
So, yeah, I don't think anyone I've talked to about this has actually... No- like, L- Spider-Ham is, like, a completely new concept to so um, many people. I'm, I'm pretty sure no one went into the movie going, like, I'm glad that uh, Spider-Ham's in it because I'm so divested in the lore of <laughs> Spider-Ham. No, Spider-Ham's, like... Spider-Ham is a kind of a bit of a joke character that... Cre- it's one of those alternate universe ones. Really, I couldn't tell. All right, he's one of those, one, like, alternate universe characters from the 80s. Like, he goes back a while. Yeah, it makes um, sense. Yeah, it's kind of like that weird section of comics. And it's a character that's kind of kicked around a little bit. Kind of like um, Toad Thor. or <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. And there's a lot of like that alternate universe type stuff in this movie, not just because you've got all the different Spider-Mens, but because a lot of the characters in this are a different interpretation from what you'd normally see in a Spider-Man, in a Spider-Man cartoon or a, com- or a Spider-Man... Um, movie like green goblin is a 12 foot tall monster yeah when they threw that out there i was like wait that's green goblin not yep. just some random new yep. character uh, doc ock isn't otto octavius it's it's still li- <laughs> oh great it's live it's live octavius <laughs> yeah Olivia uh, octavius. all the characters were slightly different and it yep. was a slightly different take on what you yeah have seen because um, i think a lot of it is i can't confirm this but the but part but so part of it is that it's different to what you expect. Like for Miles, which which makes sense because for Miles being Spider Man is completely new. So for people who know every single Spider Man villain and know everything about the Spider Man universe, having it all be different is new and weird and exciting. Like you don't expect Olivia Octavius to be Doc Ock. You're yeah. expecting where's Otto Octavius? You don't. You, you know what I mean? Like you don't—you're not expecting a twenty-foot-tall monster to be Green Goblin, and Wilson Fisk is the size of a barge. Uh, well, Wilson Fisk is always the size of a barge. <laughs> true, true. I mean, his head is usually typically a little bit more higher on his body. <laughs> um, he doesn't look like a pit bull that's standing on two legs, <laughs> usually. But uh, yeah, I get what you mean. Um, it does definitely give something to a lot of Spider-Man fans and just comic book fans. It does it did give them something to be surprised about. Mm. It didn't just do the usual tropes of here's a villain, you all know his powers, he's the hero, you all know yeah. his powers. Uh let's just play with this. It mm. was let's throw you through a loop. Let's yeah. and, and while, introduce and, all these cool new things. And while they have those recognizable villains, like they throw in Scorpion, who is completely mechanized in this, that was which is awesome. Cool. Considering Scorpion's a very silly villain, but most of Spider-Man's villains are. Yeah, but that's why we love yeah. them. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, look, look at Vulture from the uh, from the Spectacular comics. He's an octogenarian in a red wingsuit. But you've one one of my favorite things they do in this movie that they also do in Spider-Man: Homecoming, and I'm hoping they can pull off effectively in Far From Home, is that they made a B-grade villain like the Vulture in Homecoming or like the Prowler in this movie, and made them not only cool, like well designed and look cool, but then made them absolutely terrifying for Spider-Man to have to face off against. The, um, the Prowler, the sound design when he was on screen. Oh, yeah. Certainly helped. That soundtrack is great. But it's a haunting. Yeah, and, but also his just very ferocious mm. appearance and uh, the the movement around the character. Yeah, it, it really did emphasize how mm. like 
terrifying he is. And then they even made it, and then they stack it up and make it even worse, where they do the same thing with Homecoming, where the Vulture is cl- has some sort of personal relation to Peter Parker, yep. and they step it up in this, where the vo- where the Prowler is his uncle, the person, like the villain who's trying to kill him, is the person he looks up to more than anyone else in the world. Yeah, I. Uh... Whilst I didn't see it coming for at the start of the movie mm. that his uncle would be a villain, the moment the Prowler goes into his uncle's apartment, I'm just like, oh, he's the uh, my uncle's the Prowler. Yeah, he, yeah, he was the um, he was the uncle mm. just for the sheer fact of there's no other reason for him to be in that he's room. Hunt, he's hunting down Miles, Jared. He, well, he just pops up after being gone for twenty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Yeah, man, he's playing his cards slow. Damn, he's a good hunter. <laughs> All right, I got, I got, I'll bring it back quick, quickly a little bit with the different Spider-Mens and the costumes for for a minute because I realize we got a bit of a tangent away from those. Um, but there's a there's one there's a few more little bits I want to bring up, which is the end credit scene, which is Spider-Man 2099, who's played by Oscar Isaac, and then you've also got that scene when they go down into um, into this like spider cave, like. Like Miles's universe's uh, Peter Parker has under Aunt May's house this giant cave, full of, basically like the Bat Cave, with just like twelve different suits lined up: a car, a plane, a jet, like a car, a plane, a bike, like all these different options, a supercomputer. Like he's a, he's a legit like yeah. amazing Spider Man, and yeah. everyone else is like, "Wow, this is pretty impressive." Yeah, Peter B. Parker's a scrub compared to Peter Parker. Let's be real. <laughs> A, 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 another superhero with a body I can aspire to. Yeah. <laughs> but in those, like, that's where we get the PS4 suit. Like, that's where you get the white spider. Yep. Then he's also got a whole bunch of different suits that you might recognize. Yep. There was the stealth suit, which is the um, all black with the green. The big, stealth, the big time, the stealth the suit. The stealth suit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the neon green spider. You couldn't see, but we were both doing air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they can hear it. Yeah. Need a sounds, video you can, sounds you can see exactly um i think they had the secret wars suit in there they had one no i don't know this for certain but they had one suit that's like spider-man with the cape yeah which i th- i don't know for certain but it might be related to the comic series where spider-man makes a deal with mephisto very well might be essentially the devil considering mephisto 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 is one of the few spider-man villains that actually has a cape yeah, so it makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Capes aren't a big thing in uh, in Marvel. Now that I think about it, no, not typically. Oh. Well, only like Spider-Man villain I can think of with a with a cape is like probably Mysterio. Yeah, the only hero that comes to mind immediately is Thor. But obviously, I need to um think a little bit more than three seconds. Vision as a cape. Vision, yes, yeah. good call. Yeah, you you get typically if a character flies, they often have a cape. Is what I've found. Yep. It's a good way to create like a sense of motion. Yeah, exactly. It's all for the audience. Not at all practical, but... Damn right. You gotta look good. Yep. The Incredibles taught me that. <laughs> no caps. No caps. Which of the Spider-Mans is... Which of the Spider-Man in this movie do you reckon would be your favourite that, that appeared? Uh, noir Spider-Man. Spider-Noir? Yeah. Absolutely. Nicolas Cage nails it in this. He doesn't get that many lines, mm. but all of them are great. Mm. Uh, him just trying to solve a Rubik's Cube when he can only <laughs> see in black and white. I thought that was hilarious. I'm taking this cube thing with me. I don't understand it, but I want it. I don't understand it, but I will. I will. Yeah. Just him sitting on the couch going like, blue, no. Red, no. I just, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that. The, the little bits of comedy chucked in. Mm. 
were great. I think um, Penny Parker probably didn't get as much a role as the likes of um, Spider-Ham or Noir Parker, but she was great Yep, in all of it. And then, obviously, Spider-Ham was great, and mm. you can't obviously get past Gwen Stacy and yeah. Peter B. Parker. They were main characters, and they were fantastic. Yeah, they're, the t- they're the, like the three most important Spider-Men. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Spider, uh, yeah, Gwen Stacy was a great character. Oh yeah, yeah. No well, on that. One of my f- one of my favorite things in this with like the different Spider characters is that they all have different animation styles as well. Like Gwen, Peter B. Parker, and Miles all have very similar ones because they're from similar universes. But then the other three have completely different styles. Like Penny is more of like an anime style, like. Um, so like that low frame rate, quick jump cut type movement. Yeah, that's a very, very noticeable one. Mm. And um, Spider-Ham is that sort of like Looney Tunes uh, style, like cartoon animation. And then Spider-Noir has like more just cell, sh- has like those extra layers of cell shading and that uh, just black and white gradient to him. And I was very worried, not as much with uh, Noir Parker, but with Spider-Ham and Penny Parker with their animation styles, mm. that they would uh, conflict too much mm. with the surrounding environment. But it wasn't the case at yeah. all. I thought it was very effortless yeah. how they fit into scenes. And it didn't take me out of a scene when, mm. you know, just a random anime robot was in a room <laughs> filled with a whole bunch of other mm. comic book looking characters. Mm. It didn't take me out of it at all. Yeah. I, I should I should talk about Peter B. Parker. I love the idea of that character. Like this Spider-Man who's Peter Parker from another universe, but it's just a f- like it's a it's that failed Spider-Man type thing where it's just everything was working out well for him. He got married, blah 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 blah, and then he had a whole bunch of bad cases where he broke his back. He lo- uh, he got divorced. Um, bad investments. Made some bad investment choices. Who would have thought that no one would want to eat at a spider-themed restaurant? He got hit in the face by a drone. <laughs> I love that montage. I got hit by a drone. I got hit by a drone. And then at the end, Miles also gets hit by a drone at one point. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> just takes one. Yeah. Um, so, so I, And I love the idea of just, it's Spider-Man and he's so, it's, it's like the Dark Knight Returns of Spider-Man where he's just so done with, be, like he's, he's, he, do, he almost doesn't want to be Spider-Man, but he still has that. Peter Parker compulsion that need to be Spider-Man to help people. Exactly. He's not a good Spider-Man, but he's a perfect Peter Parker. Yeah. In this, yeah, in that exact sense where he doesn't want to be Spider-Man, but he knows he has to help people because mm. it's his responsibility. I yep. did like the, with great power comes, don't you finish don't that Don't say sentence. it, kid. That's, yep. no. I and even, like, Miles butchers the line at one point. I did enjoy how we got a Spider-Man movie original Spider-Man movie where we didn't see Uncle Ben die again. Yeah, that 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 and um and Bruce Wayne's parents dying are like the two big superhero things that everyone knows and you never need to show, but everyone still feels the need to but and and I hate how people feel the need to do it. Like every time we see a new uh Batman movie, they go, now here's my interpretation of like the gun and the pearls and blah, 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 blah. It's because everyone wants their own interpretation of it. Exactly. And they all feel like it's such an iconic moment that they have to do it. And but it you is. Don't but they don't have to do it. But everyone knows it already. So I appreciate this movie and also Homecoming, um, Homecoming and yep. like the MCU Spider Man. Yeah, exactly. For not doing it. Like they just know that you know it. Yep. And so it's enough in this movie that they can have Ben Parker just walk out the door. And you know what happens. Yep. 
which is just great. Like, you don't need to give me the whole, like, oh, sequence of him getting shot by whoever the hell of not Sandman, retcon, double retcon, triple retcon type bullshit. Yeah, we didn't need that. <laughs> Good old Spider-Man 3. And actually bring up Spider-Man 3 in the opening I montage to this, which I... laughed which I, so much It's when brilliant. I saw it. It was very, very well done. But, like um, the opening, oh, I mean, just that opening scene. There was a mm. lot of Tobey Maguire Spider-Man references, yeah. such as him stopping the train. Yep, by standing in front of it. That was the most obvious one to me when I first realized. And then they did the whole emo Spider-Man yeah. phase, which I lo- the- I loved that scene, especially with Peter Parker basically just being in the suit mm. at the time. Yeah. I, 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 I thoroughly so enjoyed the narration. The, I, I enjoyed all those origin narration yeah. stories. They were all very, very well but done. They were well done because they gave you the information you need, like the important stuff, like how long they've been Spider-Man, what makes them different from every other, every other Spider-Man you've seen. And then, um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like it gives you what, they, like how they got there really quickly and just why they're... It, it gives you, like, why they're there. What's important... Why should this different Spider-Man be here as opposed to Spider's Man? And and that opening one does such a good job where it's, like... It's this very... The one and only Spider-Man. Like, it... it and, and it sets up so much of, like, every time I get knocked down, I just get back up. Like, this kind of... Like, in the classic interpretation of, like, the idyllic Spider-Man. And then he dies. I don't know why seeing Spider-Man die kind of affected me it's like kingpin just dropping the hammer and crushing spider-man i was just oh that's a bit uh frightening yeah it like it does to to have this character that like i've literally grown up with like knowing this character for the entire time i've known films in general and then seeing that character die on screen that hits hard man yeah like this this is still like Especially since they have that opening montage, and they reference the ter- like the and they reference like classic comics. They reference the Peter Parker movies. They reference the comic. All in that o- like not the comic the the cartoons. All in that opening montage. It makes it. It makes me go. Oh God, that's that's the that's the same Spider Man that's just been killed that there. Like that's the one I know. With, yeah. 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 And they just like ki- and and to have him just die. Is and he gets huge. killed by the. Pitbull standing on two legs. <laughs> by by <laughs> massive barge... By, by Gaston Kingpin. Oh. He's played by uh, Lee Schreiber, who plays uh, Sabretooth from yeah. uh, the X-Men's. Um, Is it bad for me to say that Kingpin was my least favourite part of this movie? Really? Yeah. I just thought he was... He's always been kind of one note to me mm. as a villain. But, oh, look, I still thought he was good. Just... Um, you know, he could have had better dialogue in some okay. stages. Because I thought Kingpin was pretty well done in this, where they have this good reasoning for him to want to risk blo- like blowing up the city and killing the and destroying the Earth. But my whole thing was, you're gonna destroy the Earth to bring back two people to an Earth that is destroyed. There's gonna be but, nothing. But, There's going but, to be nothing. But the point is, he's willing to he's willing to risk it. Like if it works, it works. Good, like good job that that was worth it. But if it doesn't, then that's not worse than what than the case that was before. That's the point. He's okay, willing to he's fair. willing to play that gamble of if it works, then that's worth the risk. Is yeah, what he's fair. trying to say. Um, which, and yeah, and I th- I thought that was really well done. Like just having them 
have you know having him lose his wife and kids because like and it be his fault and just his whole goal is trying to get them back from an alternate universe mm. that's that's good i like that i feel like while the villains were an important part of the story especially prela mm. they definitely paid a backseat to yes the heroes because it was very much a this is the hero's story. Yeah. The villains are there to advance the plot. Yeah. But we want to know about what the heroes are doing. Mm. And the villains are just there to be a it's, distraction. It's not a Sinister Six movie. Yes. Where it's about, okay, we've got a collection of villains and this is their story. Like, they're going to go up and kick Spider-Man's his, his, his ass. Yeah, even though here's Kingpin, here's uh, Doc Ock, here's Scorpion, here's the here's Prowler, Prowler, here's individual with blue skin and white hair i think it might have been two guns and really doesn't do anything but might have been tombstone i don't know really tombstone maybe uh you know like a i know eight foot tall biker who's been juiced up but it's the only like gray-skinned spider-man character i can think of very well might be i mean i'm pretty sure tombstone has connections to fisk yeah. Occasions. So yeah, could be. Like that that was my thought. It could have yeah. been him. I could have checked the IMDB page. I, I should have looked that. But I don't, I don't think, think he has any lines. I, yeah, I don't know if he has any speaking lines, so I don't know if there's a yeah. credit for him. Good point. You you're totally right. Like it 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 we get enough screen time with them. Yep. But they're not the main priority. Yeah. I also really love Aunt May in this movie. Oh, Aunt May's great. Just her smacking tombs. Yeah. We'll we'll call him Tombstone. Tombstone out of her house with the baseball bat. <laughs> Just, just between that and, good. oh, great, it's Liv. Yeah. <laughs> I thought were brilliant. And she also has, like, she's she definitely seems like a, like similar to how Spider-Man is, you know, this I- idyllic character. She seems very capable in mm. this universe. Yeah. Like she similar does to just... Alfred in a lot of uh, interpretations of Batman, in yeah. which he's a very, very capable... He's not a butler. He's mm. basically a special forces agent yeah. who is now... Helping Batman. Mm. Uh, Yeah, he seemed very... uh, Sorry, uh, Aunt May was a very, very capable character. Like, she Mm. designed the web shooters for Miles. Yeah. Uh, She didn't seem like a backseat character who's just there to give Peter Parker a pick-me-up when he needs it. Yeah, it it seems like she was invested in that world. Yeah, yeah. And she was a good character. Yeah. And, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed basically any scene in which she was in there. She's like, oh, you're from another alternate dimension? How'd you pick that up? Uh, well, there's three others. Let's go meet them. Yeah. I also really like that with Peter B. Parker, we get there's there's a lot of this for, like in this movie where he's lost other he's lost people that are now still alive in Miles's universe. Yeah. So Aunt May died in his universe, but he has to go visit her, and that's and you can see that's really freaking hard yeah, for him to go. Really do. didn't want to. Yeah, and then in his universe. Mary Jane and him divorced, but Peter was still married to Mary Jane in Miles' universe. So then when he runs into her at the fundraiser, he's just like, oh, God, how do I do this? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Like, it just breaks down. He's an incredibly awkward character, but it's great. And he tries to apologize to her for, like, you know, not being the person he needed to be and all this kind of stuff. And it's just, Gwen has that moment where she's like, listen... It's not her. Yeah. It's not the same one. No, let's not get the bread. Which <laughs> which I thought Gwen Stacy was actually a great character to be the one to say that considering she's been hanging around Peter Parker the entire time, despite the fact that her Peter, Peter Parker, Parker was dead. her best friend and died. Yep, turned into the lizard in her universe. 
turned into the lizard. Yep, in oh, in in, in the in the Gwen State in in the Gwen uh, Spider Gwen comic universe, it's Peter Parker, and so Peter Parker and so um and so like the big di- like trauma and difficulty for her is that she couldn't stop that, and then also lost him afterwards. Oh, okay, yep, yeah. I find it incredibly uh, convenient that Gwen Stacy is able to spend all of like a week in a different dimension and get a job and enroll in a <laughs> important school. Mm. But I thought that was uh, very, very good. Just drawn to all those different, uh, all those different tasks. Exactly. Uh, pardon the pun. Oh, dude, the visuals in this movie were like ninety percent of what made me want to see it. Like, the first teaser they put out, I was like, I should probably go watch this because it looks exactly like a comic book in motion. I was going to say, the use of colour in this movie I thought was fantastic and made Mm. me realise not enough movies use colour enough. Yeah. And I understand that it was... And and it being drawn in a comic book is a great excuse for being able to... Make it go wild, pretty. yeah. You know, go crazy. Make it as visually appealing because comic mm. book, you want to open it and immediately be drawn, yeah, to what you're seeing on uh, on the pages. And so the movie wanted every scene to look like you just opened a comic book and you're being drawn to this mm. book. And I thought it was beautifully done. I fantastic. I I was thoroughly. <laughs> entertained by if you put it on mute i'd probably enjoy just looking at everything that yeah. was going on and they've got like a few little details that are very comic booky in there like um one you've got like the comic book dots yep. on was, various characters that was one that i uh, i really enjoyed whenever it was sort of a close-up on a character's yeah. face and you saw all those i was like that's a nice little yeah nice little nod nice little detail but not a little detail it's quite a big detail but. yeah They'd um they'd like the speech like the thought bubbles pop up like especially around Miles in the opening segment where he's become where he's just got those powers and he's just like everyone knows and it's just text popping up all over the screen. There's those little panels popping up in the corners like of just people. I um, this is something that I was worried about, but I was very I was very impressed with how they mm. pull it off. The use of putting onomatopoeias on screens yes. like thuds, bangs, thwips. Even, um, Stuff like that. I really enjoyed it. And it yeah. meant that those sounds had a little bit more comic booky punch to them. Mm. You know, like when oh, something absolutely. had a thud, it was a really satisfying thud, <laughs> you know. Almost like that, uh, like the Batman TV show of just like popping up on screen, except it's like, it's oh, d- yeah. Except it's done well. Yeah. And then you've also got like uh, when Miles is falling at the beginning and it's just got like him falling trailed by ah uh, all the way down. Then it does the inverse where he swoops woo. up that same spot and it's got woo all the way up. Yep. Um, oh, gosh. And what, uh, what else is that really comic book thing that I was trying to look for? Um, oh, so, some scene transitions actually like swipe a page across, Yep. which is really beautiful. I know, like that's beautiful. a good effect. I do get... I, I am slightly worried. I haven't really gone out of my way and looked at how the movie was received, except by 90% of the people well. I've spoken to, that it's really, really good. Mm. I haven't sort of looked at how people who aren't interested at all in comic books yeah. or superheroes or action, I, I'm I'm slightly worried that they would get a little bit 
too bombarded by all this stuff and be slightly f- taken out of the film I feel like as it, opposed to us being drawn I feel like it's the right in. amount. You think it's feel, the right I amount? I feel like it's a good amount. I mean, sure enough, you might have a few people thinking like, yeah, it's not for me and that's fair. Yep. But I still think like it's enough to make... it. it it's that level of making you feel like it's a comic book in motion. That's yep. the point. It's, it's like reading a comic. It doesn't quite we- do the whole let's cut to a, you know, a four... P- panel transition screen and then move on to that and then you can see the it's not quite that where it's like really out out it doesn't see it's not completely out of place once it starts you get that feeling like it develops like it initiates that and it gets you right into that like it literally shows you a comic book at the beginning where it's got i'm the one and only like spider-man peter parker like and it slaps the comic book down the table and then it keeps progressing that theme on as if we introduce more Spider-Man until eventually we get to Miles and it slaps that last one down the pile. And it's just Ultimate Spider-Man. One thing I... This is just a yeah, random ahead. thought. Uh, one thing that I was really... Uh, I found really funny about this movie was you've got the scene where Peter Parker's died. They're at mm-hmm. the funeral. Miles is at the funeral. MJ said something like, you know, we're relying on all of you. Yeah. And Miles has basically gone like, they're relying on me. Any well, other movie, any other movie, mm. that would have been it. But then this movie, someone heard him talking to yeah. himself. Someone <laughs> yeah. actually heard the inner monologue part. <laughs> yeah. They don't do that very often. Often they'll say something under their breath to themselves mm. and then everyone around them will be uh, characters who have no mm. uh, sort of... Im- uh, Oh, what was I getting at? Have uh, no brains, basically, and yeah. didn't hear that. But then you've just got that one person. I don't think they mean you specifically. It's <laughs> yeah. a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed how this movie was like... The jokes that they put in mm. were very well integrated yeah. into the film. I really want to talk about... So here's my little bit of secret shame. I saw Venom when it came out in theatres. You would... Uh, put money into Venom. Yeah, I, you're the reason I, why I, they're going I to felt make compelled. a sequel to that movie because you invested money into it. <laughs> I, f- I, I need to. Um, I don't blame I, you. I, I had like, to see it for myself. I like Tom Hardy. I don't exactly. blame you. Tom Hardy's great. He was in my favorite movie, so we're not going to get into it. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't mind doing a some doing something on the Venom movie at some point because there is. I, f- I feel like it warrants talking about. There's a few things in there that that I think should be talked about and should be seen. I never saw it. Um, so fair. But it, it makes sense why I would want to see it because Venom is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. He, he's in like my top five Spider-Man villains and I'm a big fan of Spider-Man. He's in like my top five villains. Yeah. Not just Spider-Man. Fair. Just all of comic book related villains. He's just such a brilliant character. And I should say, Venom came out like two months before this movie and the best part of Venom, hands down, was... So here's my other part. Of my, here's, here's the real part of my secret shame is I stuck around for the end credits of Venom. Like, I sat through all of those credits being like, I wonder if there's something at the end of this. I really want to know. Yeah, maybe the and, movie will get... Maybe they'll uh, <laughs> cut to a movie cut where it's actually good. Yeah, maybe they'll make it good. Um, and the the end credits to Venom is, a f- is, is about five minutes of footage from Spider-Verse. Which scene was it? Uh, it's, and it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when... Uh, Miles is visiting Peter Parker's grave and he runs into Peter B. Parker. So it's the train, it's that train oh, sequence. The train scene, yep. It's it's literally just that sequence of the moment he gets stuck with the web 
to then the moment they like collapse into the street, it's that sequence just played out in the movie. Like just, hey, here's a scene from Spider-Verse. And it's just that. And that's the best part of... This movie is the best part of Venom. Yep. <laughs> Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the best part of Venom. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I like that scene in which they've hit the floor at the very end. And it is very New just York style around. of people. It is very New York style of people of everyone just avoiding all of it. And Not it- only does no one help them up, but then he says, just go around... Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Thank you, New York, as they just walk over the top of him. Every interpretation of New York is like that. Oh, yeah. To the point where I genuinely believe no one notices anything in New York. Obviously, being no, Australian, just, I've never... They're just too mad to notice. One yeah. of my favorite things in um in GTA 4 is that they have, like, a pamphlet in, like, in, the, co- in the cover of the game that's got, like, the map, and, like, it's basically a tour guide to, uh, to GTA's uh, uh, New York... And one of the best things is, it like, the number one advice they give you is walk quickly and look pissed off. Yeah. You'll fit in, you know? That's, That's New York for you. Everyone I know from New York is like that. Yep. Uh, if you haven't watched this movie already, watch it. Oh, I want to say one last thing. Chances are, though, you're not this far into the podcast after all these spoilers. Actually, we haven't spoiled that much, really. Ah. Uh- Probably. Uh, well, no, we've spoiled we, we, we too much. Go, we've we typically go full much. spoilers in this movie. Yeah. Um, and anyway, uh, one of my favorite things that Peter B. Parker does, and something that I would totally do if I was in an alternate universe, is he goes to his favorite burger joint in New York. That's closed. Been closed for like six years. It's or been closed it down for six years in his universe, and he doesn't know why. So he immediately goes down and goes, "Oh my god, this is amazing! They still have the best burgers." <laughs> I, that honestly, dude. First thing I would do, do, if I go into an alternate universe, I would be like, yo, that burger place on this street that closed down six years ago, let's find it. Maybe it's still there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I would would certainly do that too. If my favorite food shop was closed down, that'd definitely be one of my first... uh, Yo, man, Vinny's half-price pizza's still here. Are you saying I can still get a family pizza for all of $4? (laughs) Done. Done. This universe is great. Why would I want to leave? I'm never I mean, going back. Adam's shredded or not, I'm staying. <laughs> I, I would have uh, been interested to see a little bit more of that whole, oh, you're decaying mm. process. But aside from that. No, nah, the last thing oh, I need God. to do is see them get absolutely, obl- see Spider-Man get nearly obliterated. No, but just see them gradually get weaker or something Beth. and then rely on Miles even more. Still, though, I'm not going to question yeah. them too much. Loved it. There is one last... Okay, one last thing. One last thing. I know I've said this a lot. One but the thing. end credit scene is amazing because it does it does some of my favorite things, which is it's... So it throws in 2099 with Oscar Isaac, yep. who's, a, who's a pretty cool Spider-Man. Yep. Um, it also sets up a sequel with the idea of he's got that, uh, that like alternate dimension t- like travel device basically. yeah he's like, going to be visiting these people and more yeah maybe bringing them across to other exactly. ones exactly the ability for him to gather up the spider-verse exactly and then finally he travels back to the 60s spider-man oh, cartoon the best spider-man universe and one of the best scenes and very recognizable in today's climate because a of massive the, classic and because of that the, the Spider-Man meme. point meme exactly. exactly and it's just got like the Pe- animated yeah. 2090 like this like 
they animate the 2099 like, Spider-Man exactly that like that way. Yeah. And he's just sitting there. So you've got like these two Spider-Men pointing at each other, having that scene of just, you started pointing first. Now you're pointing. Now you're pointing too. And they just have that whole sequence. And then it just has J. Jonah Jameson still animated like, Spider-Man pointed first, that one. It's great. I, lo- I love that scene so much because it references some of my favorite stuff. It was a phenomenal end credit scene. Yeah. Um, not, not integral to any of the... Uh, the no, but it, uh, plot of the movie but it but could be setting up the sequel it, it could be setting up the sequel obviously it's not important but it's just so funny yeah and, and it gives us like a look into two more alternate universe alternate universe options it just it gets those last few ones out there exactly we can get a few more uh, we'll get a few more characters in a potential yeah. sequel just, would the potential sequel though? Would Miles be the main character, or I don't know would about they Miles sort being of, the main. or would he just be another Spider-Man in maybe the 2099s version, or it would we be. just get another Miles movie well, where it's just his Miles in his universe? Do you know much about the Spider-Verse comic? Not as much as okay. Morris. So the main, so in that one, the main like. Universe A, I don't remember what it's called, like the 636 maybe? Six, uh, yeah, 636. That, that Peter Parker, like the original Peter Parker, is in it. Yep. And then you've got all the various Spider-Men around him. Like you, They literally throw in just nearly every interpretation of Spider-Man and more. So that's where you get like Spider's Man, who's, a, who's like Universe 1338127-B or whatever, and it's just a man made of a million spiders. Oh, that would be many people's nightmares. Yeah. Um, so, how come we haven't gotten a man spider yet? A spider that was bit by a radioactive man. <laughs> <laughs> well, man spider, I think, is actually a character in Spider-Man, where it's it's like an eight-armed monster, kind of like Man Bat is a actual villain. Yeah, man, exactly. Yeah, Man Bat's the bat. Yeah, I think it's similar, where yeah. it's like a. It's like a bit a more spiderized bat. version of, of, of a man. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Like it's got actual eight legs. But there's a lot of like weird shit that's happened to Peter. Even Peter Parker once had six arms. Oh no, I don't like that. <laughs> there's, there's some weird interpretations of Spider-Man. Anyway, we're going clo- to close here, Jared. Thanks for coming on to the episode today. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you all next time for episode 50, whatever that may be. Toodles.